0: to be the evidence podcast with susan good today i got called out for
1: cooking my son um, when he was sick and so i was driving out in the middle of the country and it's like this beautiful winding road in between mountains you know like absolutely gorgeous and i drive past this donkey and he's staying inside this stable but the stable's completely open to like a hundred acres were a free roam, but he's staying there, like looking at the gate that's completely wide open for him and like not moving. And I like watched him. I'm like, what are you doing? Why would you stay inside of that and not like experience all the best openness? That image has been
2: sticking with me a lot. Yep, <clears throat> It's because that donkey knows the details of the borders around it. Mm-hmm. I can deal with this. I know what's happening here. Yeah. I don't know stay what the hell's safe. out there. Right. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think we were just talking too about that energy of like, fuck it. I'm not going to go out. I wouldn't do that. I'm not going to do that. Never mind. I'm going to stay safe in my little security bubble because this is my bubble and I've always experienced it. So like, I'm not going to do this anymore.
2: You know? Yeah. Every time I try something new, I get lost. So, yep. fuck it. No. Stay in here. Don't <laughs> bring my food. <laughs> yeah. God. What is that energy about? I think it's about having to, we're being called to reach out for more for ourselves, to admit that we want more, to be able to receive more, to consider, consider options that we hadn't, haven't considered before, and having to set aside the not knowing involved in that. Mm. You don't know how this is going to play out. Can you do it anyway? Mm-hmm. Something you want is calling you, but you're going to have to step outside of the, of the gate and go out into the grass and venture out and see what you can find. And that means you've got your own back if you get lost. Mm-hmm. If you get lost, you can find your way back. If you get lost, you can make a, a nest out of leaves. It's going to be okay but you're going to have to stop wanting to control everything. And you're going to have to stop like whenever you get resistance and pushback. when something in the energy goes close, but you need to pivot, you can't sit down and throw fit and go, no. Uh-huh. I mean, you can, but you won't go far.
1: Right. Hmm. Man, control freaking me really does not like that.
2: Why do you think that is?
1: Well, I think it's always like that, that feeling of loss of control means loss of security, right? And that you have to be in trust and in co-partnership with life. And that unravels the ego, the egoic perception that we have control, that we are in control of everything that's going to happen in front of us, that we are the dictators of what life wants and we know ahead of it.
2: And do you really want to have control? Hell no. All, all, at all times that I've fallen flat on my face, it's because I decided something was going to happen. Yep. And I didn't belong there. Yep. Bad idea. What are you doing? So what are you doing?
1: True. I really learned that lesson. Um, I think i I know I've mentioned this before of how many times that I've moved. And this move was specifically different in this. sense that I was like, I don't know if I'm going to move. I mean, if I want to like make my decision on my choice and like ram it through because I had this um, job offering, I could do that, right? Like I could do that really easily. And then I also like took this moment where I was like, okay, well, if this is truly what spirit life universe is asking of me to do, then you're going to have to show me. You're going to have to line everything up. And like the house was a friend's home, like school was mentioned from a friend. Like it's all these things that are like have fallen in with ease that did not require me to push things as I normally would have.
2: I was, um, I own a copy of Moulin Rouge Mm -hmm. and in the, in the extras or whatever, Uh, Baz Luhrmann was, it was, they were showing deleted scenes or whatever. And he was commenting that whenever you're creating something, when you're on a new venture, whenever you're going into unknown territory, you have to be willing to let go of the things that you thought for sure were going to be there. Right? Like you think for sure we're going in this direction. Do you? Do you know for sure? No. Maybe you need to be willing to let go. Maybe you need to be willing to pivot away from what you think for sure is how life is going to show up.
1: Yeah, and I think that, though, speaks to shifting our perspective, right, of, like, anything that's happening for sure. The, the point of it is to experience it. The point of it is to create and be completely unattached to the outcome. It's just the process of moving through it, of experiencing all that is unfolding in front of you without trying to dictate what, is gonna, what it's going to look like. I mean, you and I have had to do this in the project that we're working on over and over and over again I feel like because every time that we've had an idea of this is what it's going to be it's not that but it is a calling for oh but look at what you're creating along the way Mm -hmm. it's getting even more streamlined it's being even more focused it's even more potent because you are creating and we're in a partnership with life of like okay well what wants to be created um Elizabeth Gilbert wrote about this the what was it, her book? Um The Magic. Oh, Big Magic is the name of the book. And she writes about how things come to us as a way to be created. And they'll like, you know, um, dust, dust particles in the sky, in the air, right? Like you'll see them floating around and one of them will land on you. And that's like her perception of a, a spark of creativity. And our role within being in these creative endeavors, whether it be like leaving a marriage or starting a new business or parenting differently um, or expressing ourselves in a way that we haven't expressed ourselves is that our only role is to show up and to interact with it. And then that is the beauty of the creation, not the final outcome, not what we tried to show or not showcase. Right. It's
2: in the discovery, right? Yes. Letting, yeah. letting life be discovered by you in the not knowing. I think that our discovery our curiosity, our creativity, those are all things that have been pushed down by mechanisms of control outside of us. So doing what you're supposed to, having the job your parents told you to have, getting married because it's time to, Mm -hmm. having kids because it's time to, all those things. The things that you do, because there are rules that say, now's the time to do it. And now you're good and everybody approves of you. Right? You lose discovery of what you really want you lose discovery of what wants to be created through you. Mm-hmm. It's, I, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I honestly don't know, and maybe you do know. Is that an American thing? We all do what everybody else is doing because that's the right thing to do. It mm. can't be. It's got to be in other cultures too, right? I think it it's, yeah. There's tradition and fam, fam, familial uh, like ancestry kind of stuff that happens all over the world. It can't just be an American thing. No,
1: I think that, that it's particular to this plane of existence. I think that if we go back to different planes of existence where we were once more spiritual beings, you did not see that happening. If we have previous life memories of when we were truly incarnated as spiritually conscious individuals, we did not do that. It was only when we came into this plane of existence in this huma- human level or like from an astrology perspective where we went into suppression and oppression and we're really moving into the patriarchy and these masculine led narratives. That's when we started to really see it. You know, like, I mean, you can even take it into like the agricultural revolution and the industrial revolution. I think that's where like from a historic platform, you start to see that that's where we were told and we had to suppress in order to
2: survive. Right. So in, when we went into the descent of unconsciousness, we didn't have as much access to inspiration, right. of transcendence, of uh, receiving yeah. from something higher than us. So we went into rote behavior. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. My son
1: has a book and it's about crows. And there's this one crow that likes to dress up and crows are obviously all black, right? But this one crow likes to dress up, he puts scarves on, he puts hats on, he likes to perform for all the other crows and bring them happiness. And the crows swell up and they revolt against him. They kick him out. They say, you're not allowed here because you're disrupting our norm, which the norm for the crows was like heads down, like, you know, cock calling all day long. So he flies off and he finds other people that have just this this flamboyant life like he does. And then all of a sudden crows start showing up to the shows where he's performing. And they're like, Oh, I think we may recognize you. And he's like, no, Nope. You don't recognize me. And then they say, actually, we're going to celebrate you and they make a day celebrating him and his like flamboyancy. And for me, I think that's a very good visual of like we suppress the consciousness, the creativity so much that we could not even recognize it anymore. We said, this is not tolerable. It's not allowed. It has to be kicked out completely until we are now at this place where we seek it out so desperately that we are willing to be like, we'll celebrate this. Yes, we need this. We are desperately seeking inspiration and consciousness and creativity and individuals that are willing to stand in their flamboyant, wild ass,
2: weird ass nature and own themselves entirely. Desperately is a very key word. Mm-hmm. That we're thirsty. We're hungry. We're yeah. starving. The suppression of the spirit that's been going on for centuries, yes, is a violent act. Mm-hmm. It's a violent act to push down spirit into a box and snuff it out. Yes, it's violent. Agreed. And we, we are going to have to, over time, heal that. Yep. When we, I'm, I'm noticing in readings, all of a sudden, not all of a sudden, but say in the last couple months, maybe it was, was this eclipse season when we had mm-hmm. an eclipse in Leo that involves creativity. I'm seeing people breaking free, starting to consider other options, and then trauma comes up, mm-hmm. because we push it down, ignore it, put it to the side. And, and, but when we, when we have an opening of starting to open back up and open up consciousness and open up possibilities, then our body, our spirit, our head, our heart goes, oh my God, I've been through a lot. Holy shit. And go, okay, 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 hang on, hang on. Chiron and Aries, Chiron and Aries having to healing how we've hurt ourselves and each other is saying, okay, yes, yes, you definitely hurt. We're going to heal it up now. And you go, I don't think we can. It's a lot. Mm -hmm. Yes, we can. Chiron's going to dip back into Pisces starting on the 25th, I think. Yep, the 25th through the winter, if you're on this part of the planet, um, until f- February. Until February, it's going to dip back into Pisces. And my opinion about that is that Chiron and Aries is having us shocked into how much we've hurt ourselves and each other, and how much repair work we're going to have to do. In particular, about being incarnated into a corporal body. Mm -hmm. That we're going, oh shit, I don't think we can repair it. And Chiron's dipping back into Pisces to go, didn't I just tell you for eight years that you're not meant to stay in suffering? That you're meant to heal all the way up out of this? Didn't I just tell you that? And we're all going to have to go, oh shit, that's right. Okay, all right. And then we go forward again. Yeah, I
1: think that peace is so huge. Like I was, that peace about Whenever we're going in through readings and we're like, or in general, like readings in life, where we are starting to expose ourselves, and then all of a sudden the trauma can come back up and be unleashed. That's pleasant. I like that. Sorry. Oh, so good. Um, it reminds me a lot of like massage work. You know, um, I was involved in a really bad car accident in 2008, and turned a bunch of my vertebrae around in my my neck. And anyways, I will go to the masseuse and sh- they'll rub and they'll be like, oh, there's so much scar tissue here, right? And then they'll get into the scar tissue and they will unlock it, right? They'll start working out the knots within it. And when they're working out the knots within it, there's always like this moment of like, okay, well, you are gonna have to breathe. like, we need to just acknowledge the fact that you are unleashing things that there's things that are stored in your body that are now coming up and have the capacity to
2: be reckoned with. And that's work. It is work. And, it, and I've, I've been using the example of going to a healer who works on your body a lot. When I'm talking about Chiron and Aries is when that happens, you, whenever you're having someone work on your body, there's a process as the one who's being healed where you have to open up and allow for the release to happen. Right, you have to open up, let the let the elixir of healing come in, and be willing to release it. Because you can lay on the table and go no, and hold on to it. Right. Because you're too scared to to have it come up, and so you can resist, and that causes more harm. Right. It hurts your body more. Right. And so there, it's two things. It's a it's healing coming in, but then allowing it to take hold too. Right. So that you release the trauma out
1: yes it's that piece and then also the like behind that um I think about Ina Mae Gaskin and if anybody does not know who she is she was one of like the original midwives um from the 60s and she had like this farm in Tennessee where you know midwifery was outlawed because this is when women were being bought and sold the the concept as if we're not still being bought and sold this concept but at this point in time it was really full force That you couldn't birth babies on your own. You needed to go to the hospital. So Ina May Gaskin is like the leading midwife, right? And she wrote this book about like how you can try to resist birthing your baby when you're in the actual labor process. But it is going to increase tearing and trauma for you and the child. But if you can get into this place of just relaxing and giving way to it, and then find yourself drinking water as a way to nourish yourself or find yourself eating small, simple foods, that is a way that you can
2: help move through the process and create even more ease for yourself. Right. That thing about, that thing about birthing, <laughs> I was amazed that the body knew what to do. Right? I yeah. like, what is going on? It just knows. It knows what to do. If you'll let it, if you'll let it, it can move through what it naturally needs to do. But you've got to open up to it. If you let yeah. your head get in the way. You won't go anywhere. You won't go anywhere. You'll be fighting. I really think, though, that there's this
1: piece, right, where we, and I think you and I have been talking about this within what's going on in astrology, where we can get really consumed with the worry. And even with this place of the labor, like I distinctly remember being in active labor and being like, fuck it, I'm not doing it. Like literally trying to make a conscious decision of like, no, I'm, I'm good. Like I'm in active labor. I'm good. We're done. I'm backing off now. Like, like that type of energy, right? Where I'm worrying about what's going to transpire. How am I going to move through this? And then also like, no, mm, no, I'm, I'm good enough. Like I've seen enough of this to know that I'm done.
2: Same. I remember. I was telling. I was calling in the nurse. I said, "Listen, I'm not trying to be like bitchy, okay? But th- w- this this is starting to piss me off. It's <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what to tell you. And now you have to lean in. <laughs> right? Like- <laughs> this is happening." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the metaphor of birth is such. And obviously, if you're a male listening, like that's a this is a harder point for you to grasp a hold of. But the the metaphor of birth is such a beautiful um, dictation and imagery of like what it requires of like how our minds can get wrapped up in the worry, how our bodies can physically respond and be like, no, I'm clenching down. I'm not gonna do it. I'm not gonna open up whatsoever. And then like the resistance that we experience that forces us to go, well, fuck, fine. Have, have me, take me. I don't know. I don't know what's on the other side of this. I might be dead, but like, here we
2: go. It's the trusting life thing again. It is. It's being willing to let life show up how it needs to and go, all right, you know more than I do. Right. Go ahead. I guess I'm fine. But, but, but we need to do better than that. Right. We need to do better then. Okay, well, hope I'm not dead on the other side of this. Right. Re, re-establishing discovery and wonder and be like, oh yeah, let's do this. All right, let's do
1: it. And I think that's, I think we are um, being recalibrated in that way. We are being, we're experiencing witnessing of this, right? where we have had the spirit suppressed for so long, we have had our intuition suppressed, we've had creativity suppressed for so long, that to come at it from a place of like, I don't know how I'm gonna get to the other side, but yes, there's wonder to this, let's see what's gonna happen, can be a really hard thing for anybody to grasp onto when they've equally not been able to be in their spirit, in their knowing, in their intuition, in their creativity where they've never been able to see themselves from that lens, I think it requires a little bit more um, presence with the self, but also like we talked about this last time of like, what would that look like? What would that feel like? What would, how would your cells respond to being intuitively led, creatively led, curiously led? What would it look like if you could go back to your childhood and experience it from a place of wonder. What would you choose?
2: Yeah, I was talking with um, uh, my friend Sue last week, and I was talking with her about how I'm in my Chiron return. She's coming out of hers, and and we've both been in relationships that were very traumatic mm-hmm. uh, and had to recover from them. And she was saying that you have to go back to the seven year old version of yourself and excavate her Mm -hmm. no matter how much rubble she's under yeah go get her go get her Mm -hmm. you need her wonder you need her joy you need her curiosity you're incomplete without her go get her yes she's just waiting for you just go get her it doesn't matter how much rubble it's under and you know let's be honest there's been a lot of rubble some of us have been under collapsed buildings yeah like the trauma has been severe right you can still recover Yep. You can, yep. I know you can.
1: Yeah. There's that piece of like recalibrating, but re liberating or liberating your inner child. And not like, obviously from a spiritual sense and a spiritual community and new age community, there's plenty of people that focus on doing this type of work of healing the inner child, right? Like whole modality within the spiritual field, just dedicated to healing your inner child. And I also like i don't discount that at all because it's so important to bring them forward like if we we talked about this last time about that zero to seven year range where like this creates our patterns throughout the rest of our life of how our patterning is of like oh I've been abandoned, nobody will ever love me right like that's patterning that happened in that range of like, oh, I'm wrong, I can never do anything right, nobody will ever be able to trust me like these are all patterns that we've picked up as fucking innocent children that are small little humans trying to understand this big reality, right? So we have to go back in a lot of ways and pick them up and cradle them and be like, sweetheart, wow, you were trying to make sense of a world that doesn't even make sense to me as an adult. Here's how we do it with curiosity of like, oh, well, that's an interesting way of looking at things. And could we look at them this way? You know?
2: Mm-hmm. North Node is part of the, the fixed Grand Cross that we're in right now is North Node and Leo. Uh, it's opposing South Node and Mars and Black Moon Lilith in Aquarius. Those are squaring into Venus and Scorpio and Uranus retrograde and Taurus. Quite it's a combination it, right there. It sounds as hard as it's as hard yeah. as yeah, it is. <laughs> um, but North Node Leo, Leo is about love and creativity and self-confidence and self-love. It's the inner child. Right. So North Node and Leo, we're preparing for the, node, the North Node to slip into cancer in November. Mm-hmm. It's going to go from recovering our inner child to being a mother to ourselves. How do, you, how do you do it? How do you go forward in curiosity rather than fear? And I think that we're about to start learning that another, another angle to answer that mm-hmm. is to prepare for ourselves as if we were our own mother. Mm-hmm. It's okay. What do you need? Do you need to take a nap? Do you need to eat? You all all right? Yeah. Stay with me. Stay with me. It's okay. And that means South Node will be in Capricorn. That's, South Node is where we should not be. Right. And so the, the rigidity of do as you're told, do as I say, do it right, right now. Nope. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like doing that. Right. I don't feel like doing that. And that's okay. Yeah.
1: I mean, that... I mean, and I get it, right? This can be really triggering depending on what your mother issues are because I think we all have mother issues no matter what we came from, right? So I get like hearing how do you mother yourself can be really triggering. It, and so the, I would come in out of like, okay, well, if I was my own like sacred lover, how would I approach myself? I see you're burnt out and you're rubbing your eyes a lot because you're really worn out. How about you just close this up and go take a bath for an hour? I see that you're really hungry and you're active and you're really sharp with your tongue. Maybe you should make some really nourishing, wholesome food and sit outside for like five minutes, right? Like no matter what way, one of my teachers once said, like if you have family issues that you're not at that place where you can wrap around like how to mother yourself or how to meet yourself as a child do you have a loving relationship like that with your animals with your pets hmm. can you approach it in that manner could you do the same thing with like school children if that's where you're at or what about your actual plants like or your crystals like whatever it is that you cherish and you, I don't even give a shit if it's a clown collection right like whatever it is that you cherish, use that as the medium of like, okay, how do I take care? Like, how would I want this to receive this as well?
2: We're going to be in that energy for a year and a half. Yeah. We have to get really good at it. Yeah. So I think we, I think as the node, the North node is, is finishing up in Leo. We still have a couple months. Okay. But as it's finishing up, I think that we need to really focus on what the inner child needs And then next we meet those needs. Mm -hmm. I need to be accepted no matter what I'm going through. Okay. All right. Leo right now is asking us to love ourselves in our wanting, loving ourselves in the chaos, loving ourselves in the unknown, loving ourselves and going out and creating new things. And we don't even know if it's fucking possible. Okay. It's all right. It's all right. Keep going. You got Mm it. What does our inner child need so that we can keep going forward in possibility? We can keep going forward in what we truly want for ourselves, not what everybody else is doing. Loving ourselves even there. And then next we'll slip into meeting our needs of, oh God, I feel insecure. It's okay. Mm-hmm. It's all right. I get that too. I get that I get that about the mother too. Like I mm-hmm. um someone once said to me that no matter how old you are, you still need a mother. Mm-hmm. And that is true. I, I still need a mother. Not my mother, but a mother. Mm-hmm. Right? <laughs>
1: It's so true. I had a conversation with a girlfriend about this once, um, about how like, how unjust it is like this word, you know, like we have these words and they have such connotations with them, like mothering. Right. And then we all go into our scenario of what our mother did, did not do for ourselves, but to take it down to like the energy of like, what, well, what's the mothering energy? Well, the mothering energy is really nourishing and nurturing. That meets you there and holds you when you're crying when you're hungry they provide food for you right that they witness you and they will hold your hand and of course that may not be your mother or my mother however that is the essence of mothering energy and to maybe like change the way that we approach it right like not necessarily the the con- the connotation of it but more the energetics behind it it is the energy that goes and
2: starts removing rubble from off the child. Exactly. Yep. Just start picking up the rubble and move it off. Right. You don't have to be the best mother in the world. You have right. to, you have to care. That's
0: yep. it. Yes. Carry. Thank you for listening in to the be the evidence podcast with Susan and I, we are really grateful that you are here, that you're showing up, that you're willing to be seen and that you're exploring these conversations. Thank you. If you're curious at all about the offerings and the readings that Susan and I do, I would really urge you to go to our websites. There you will find a lot more information about who we are and the services that we have. Susan can be found at susangrace.org and I can be found at aubreycara.co. For all of our listeners of the podcast, we have set up a Patreon page specific to you guys. There you will find... Um, services that are not available to anyone else. And you can find us on Patreon.com backslash podcast. When you're there, there are two different options for you to have access to a guided meditation and or a reading with Susan and I both. If you ever have any questions or comments or feelings that you'd love to share or stories about how the podcast is resonating with you. We would love to hear them. Please feel free to reach out to us at be the evidence podcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, please know we are deeply grateful for all the ways that you are showing up. We see you, we
2: hear you, we feel you. Thank you. Thank you